0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download the Zion Clear Lake app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown.
1: You break down. I'm Jason. I'm Kate. Jennifer. And I'm John. What's funny about this is I'm sitting, we're not sitting at like everybody's gotten so used to the timing and when they say things because we're not going around in a circle. I know. We actually kind of did like a, a s- cross. Cross. Oh, we did a cross, a super Wait, spiritual. God, this is Holy Holy.
2: spirit.
1: We did super spiritual. Super spiritual. That's what how's everybody really
2: doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm distracted
3: today.
1: Uh I've been distracted for like a month.
2: How timely
0: um, is
3: this? I've been learning lately that destruction is a tool of the enemy. So.
1: <laughs> so, where did you
3: learn that at? Oh,
1: wow. That's a way to just jump right in. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Honestly, though, it's really has been helpful to be like, even my mind sometimes when I can't focus, I'm like, okay, is this my brain? Is this something I need to go deal with with a Lord? Or is this a spiritual attack right now? Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a real, okay. So, it, uh, we've been in this series all summer long on fighting and here's what I found since we started this series it feels like there's been a whole lot of and we've talked about this before a whole lot of spiritual warfare going on right Yeah. but I was thinking about a conversation I had recently and sometimes it's not spiritual warfare yeah I mean it is spiritual I believe everything is spiritual but it's not the enemy coming after you attack sometimes it's just that we live in a broken world yeah and in James it talks about that difference between trial and temptation and I think and we're going to have to, I'm going to have to preach on this at some point is that we're going to face trials and yes, trials can be spiritual attacks. Yeah. But to think that if we, because we love Jesus, we're not going to have suffering. We're not going to have hardship. We're not going to have trials. Yeah. Is a problem.
2: I always think about too, like sometimes we forget about the natural consequence of sin. Because it's a broken world and absolutely God can work incredible miracles and when I pray, I don't bubble wrap my prayers, but like, even now I chose Jesus after having my son, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to struggle with my son now. Yeah. Like I'm made clean. God doesn't see the sin of that, but there's still the struggle of this life. So
1: clarify, just so everybody understands, oh, having my a son. son
2: my, no, my son was born, not, uh, I wasn't married when I had my son. Yeah. Um, having
1: and, your son was not yeah. sin. It no. was, it was.
2: The, the sex that which, is the sex yeah, that took yeah, place
1: outside yeah. of the covenant of marriage. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well I don't... being a teen mom, a single teen mom, that still comes with hardships, even though I've been redeemed by Jesus. Okay, right? so this
1: is okay, so part of I think our cultural dilemma right now is that because we've normalized sex outside of marriage, people are like, How dare you say that, that was your son was born out of sin? I was born out of wedlock. I was born from a one night stand. Yeah. And and here's the deal it was not ideal. It's like it also a
2: lot of hurt and pain in my life.
1: My life. That's right, and that's that's what sin is. Sin no. is missing the mark. It's not doing the way God designed, right. and therefore it comes with pain. Um, no, okay. So let's just jump jump. Let's just jump. Let's just jump right in into the deep end. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Sunday, we talked about how, and and I had to catch myself because every book I read, every pastor I listen to, every sermon I preach there's one thing that I so often we're all guilty of and that's oversimplifying. And like this yeah. whole point of the series has been the first strategy for fighting is resisting as if it's not that, that simple. Like just resist, just,
3: resist, just amazing. just
1: resist. Just do it. Just do it. Like the Nike of yeah. Christian, Christian spiritual. It's a warfare. Logo, <laughs> man, it's a slogan
2: at this point.
1: Okay. So let me ask the question. When you're in the fight, when you're right in the midst of it, uh, how often do you feel like resisting is the last thing that comes to mind?
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I definitely resonate with that. Um, sometimes I don't, you're talking about distractions and we joke like, oh, you know, that's from the enemy. It's like, no, well, it, really, it really is. If, if, you know, it's hard to concentrate on something or it's hard to uh, seek out something. Sometimes I don't even realize that I'm being distracted or I just lean into the distractions. uh, And I'm just like, I just, I'm, I'm just too tired. I'm just, I'm just going to give up. And it's just small things, but then those small things can compound and lead to bigger things. I know I found that to be true for me. It's just like, Oh man, there's this little thing that I could deal with right now, but mm."
1: procrastination. If only there was an Enneagram type that Mm -hmm. time,
0: Well, I know, and if I it think, sounds familiar, I, then uh, <laughs> any to John's nines point, out there I
3: think for me that's a similar situation where it's like it's hard to resist when I'm not sure yet that I'm in the battle, like yeah. when, I, when I'm not even aware of what's happening, and so it takes right. that awareness first. Yeah, but for me, once I'm aware of it,
1: because Satan's sneaky,
3: absolutely, and it's like
1: he doesn't want you to know you're in a it's, fight.
3: It's, it's sometimes it's so hard to to spot, and so the thing for me though, and I have two things. One, sometimes resisting feels so passive.
1: Yeah, we talked about it that feels, a few weeks ago. Yeah, we talked yeah.
3: about it a few weeks ago. Yeah. And it just and I, it just feels like I'm just standing there letting it happen to me. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's an active battle. Now, here's the thing for me, though. If I know the fight's coming after me, oh, I'll fight back. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid of the fight. In fact, I actually almost enjoy, enjoy the fight. Yeah. But resisting doesn't feel like the way to win... And live victorious.
1: And it, what it's also not a guarantee. And then and I think this is where I over—it's first of all, I have to oversimplify because we a sermon would last way too long if I went into every every detail and everything.
3: Well, and simplification helps us remember. That's right. Main, that's Jesus thing.
1: simplified things. Yes. Summarize exactly. the law and <laughs> Summarize the law yeah. for me, Lord. Love, the Lord God, with all your heart, So I'm like He simplified, right? But that is super simple. How do I love the Lord with the Lord with well, all my heart? So <laughs> that's
3: right. not an easy task. Simple doesn't that's,
2: mean shallow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right. And I think, and I think the the as I uh, the many conversations that I've had over the last couple of weeks, particularly as we've been talking about ones that um, I've had people who are like, "Man, Jason, you had no idea the things that I was going through this week." And and I think some people feel ashamed, yeah, or as if they're not being a good quote unquote good Christian, yeah, if they're struggling to resist. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's what got me into is I think part of, part of that resisting. Okay. So there's a habit of resisting, which is if, uh, (laughs) when you're working out, when you first start working out, the first thing you have to learn to resist is eating poorly because you can't outwork a diet, a bad diet. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how well you work out. If you're still eating garbage, you can spend three hours at the gym. Ain't going to matter one lick of a difference. Right. Um, But once you take that first step, and sometimes it's not resisting in the moment, it's resisting before the moment comes. Well,
2: that's what I was gonna say about resisting. Um, Like, yes, when you're, it's sneaky, but okay, so now I know I'm in a battle, we've been having this conversation, we've been doing the sermon series, I know I'm fighting, and I'm sick of it. I'm so done, it's getting hard, I wanna fight back. You know, resisting is hard when you're self-aware too. When you're trying to actively do something and it's getting harder and harder, it feels like there's more resistance pushing against you.
3: I think the thing too, Kate and I were just talking about this. It's the preparation. I have to know that a battle's coming, whether it's today, tomorrow, three years from now, there is going to be a spiritual battle, right? And so the preparation now is for me to to be with the Lord. The preparation now is for me to learn to worship. The preparation now is to learn to walk in transparent and confessional community. Like, if I those prepared, are dangerous words. Right? Yeah. So dangerous. But if and
1: I, confessional. If mm-hmm. I, I've been
3: so hung up on confessional community because if we really understood the value of it, we would do it more. And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. And, but it's hard.
1: It's scary. <laughs>
3: but the thing is, if it's I terrifying. prepare now, if I make those spiritual habits now, when the battle does come to me, even if I'm not aware of it, yeah. I will have tools in my arsenal yeah. to continue well, to resist. Okay,
1: so the armor of God, you know, I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Derek who made the comment. It felt like a Paul,
2: kid's men Paul
1: was being like a kid's ministry. Let's use the armor of God. Yeah, no, totally because you had, you had Roman soldiers who when they walked around town, it's like police officers. Police officers don't keep their gun stored away. They keep it on them. While they're on duty. Why? Because they know it's a battle. To them it's... it's not like you know yeah. a battle. It's not like a, a robber says, hey, just want to let you know. at 4 uh, p.m. tomorrow. It's going to happen. I'm going to do something illegal. you got to be prepped to for it. And, and I think so often what happens is, we're, and this is how Satan distracts us, is he, he lulls us to passiveness. Mm-hmm. He lulls us to sleep, to where things feel safe. And then all of a sudden, when the battle comes, we're not prepared. We don't have the armor on. We're not in positions. And this is where community is so important. All right. So let me, okay, let's, we talk about that distraction. And we shared, I shared the story of Mary and Martha. Yeah. And I think, I think Martha gets a really bad rap here.
2: Same.
1: I think Martha, like, I can't tell you how many times I've had sermons. You need to stop having a Martha spirit. Stop being so busy, 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 busy. And that's not actually what's going on. Um, hospitality wise and, and you know we were doing our summer read through we were talking about we, we should say more about the culture uh, in Enneagram talk I've heard for years that Martha is the quintessential to the helper mm-hmm. who always has to be doing things to help other people I don't actually think she's an Enneagram too I don't
2: either and I might be biased because I am a two but I don't think that's what her motivations were
1: I think culturally and this is what's this changed the entire story for me when I understood that in the ancient world Hospitality, and it's still actually—if you still go to the Middle East—hospitality is critical. And it's are, biblical. And it's biblical. Right. You are judged by hospitality. But it was your responsibility from a cultural standpoint. It was mandated by culture that when you had guests over, the woman's responsibility right. was so to not
2: just you. The, the woman. woman's
1: responsibility was to care for the food, to care for the guests, and and here we have Martha who has a cultural responsibility. Yes, to strive to make sure that all of her guests mm-hmm. feel welcome, and and at any other moment this would have been perfectly fine, right? Because otherwise, that's like saying, hey, you, you know what? You should never be hospitable. Yeah.
2: It wasn't just her faith that said she should be hospitable. It wasn't just her culture that said you should be hospitable. It was also her love for Jesus. That's right. Which she respected. Mm-hmm. And the people.
1: And the people in her home. And, and so the problem wasn't that she was hospitable. The problem was she got distracted in the moment and missed the real work. Yeah. And Mary, in that moment, understood the real work. And so we, we tend to exemplify Mary. Now, this isn't Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Martha's sister, Mary, one of Jesus' best friends. We, we, I think we distract, and I think that's how the enemy gets us, is he distracts us in doing good things. It's just not the right thing.
2: That's right.
1: And 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 so, so and and that's so hard. It's so hard because when we talk about that resisting the temptation, it's
3: just producing fruit. It's even and, <laughs> and
1: yeah, it's biblical, biblical. fruit. Biblical Going back word. to hospitality, practice hospitality. Right. It's a biblical command,
3: right?
1: And in any other situation, it would have been right. But much like the river illustration that I used it on just, Sunday,
2: yeah,
1: there was that opportunity to go left or right, and the one direction is the way of peace, the way with Jesus, the way in which. The Lord is carrying you through. The other way, you're going to have to strive and you're going to have to work harder. She ended up having to do double the amount of work because in that moment, yeah, like all of us would. I'm sorry, I wouldn't have been Mary. Yeah, right. I wouldn't have. I would have. I would have the the pressure of culture around me. To be seen as doing my job and wanting Jesus to feel honored to
3: please Jesus, I'd, honor get, him.
1: I'd
0: be caught up in the business of doing. Oh, but, Jesus is coming over. Oh, okay, I'll, that, I'll better make sure I everything's. Think
2: how I clean my house when you guys come over. <laughs>
1: I, this is how I know who my real friends are. My real friends are the people that I don't only put either. away half the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> sure. I shove it in a closet and so I, I, know still, I have that going.
1: I still pick up, but I'm like, oh, those wrappers on the ground, I should probably throw those away. So I don't think I live in a complete big style. <laughs> right? I and, do
3: think Martha had other like sinful behaviors. Like I think in that moment she did resent Mary's.
2: Oh, uh, totally well, she resented
3: did. Mary's freedom to be with Jesus. Yes. And, and, and that's she had a right.
2: false sense of entitlement. like You, you owe it to me you owe it to your family
3: which is right I there why start, i think she was
1: an enneagram it, one but i think Amen.
2: that's so hard
3: right it's so hard to be trying to do the right thing and even the biblical thing and if you don't do it with the right
2: heart motivations well, or even if yep. it's just a wow. tick off we were just talking we were about, just talking about that like judgment you might be right she about was the issue. right about the issue. She was right about the issue. But her heart was in the but wrong. But her heart had
1: had. Well, and, and I think you could even take it a step further and say, because she didn't have eyes to see, she was still wrong in the issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when we look at Mary and Martha and that whole understanding of again, I don't think I don't think. I don't think Martha is a two because no. I think most, most twos are helpers and she probably would have been upset had Mary tried to help. Right. She would have <laughs> um, been
2: thriving. She right would have been like, yes, I'm doing... They, look at they, me taking care of everybody. Look at, how
1: much they, look at how much they need me. Jesus needs me, right?
2: Yeah. Ooh, gosh. Ooh. But...
1: <laughs> <laughs> is that speaking to the heart of the two as an enneagram two? Um, but I think the other side, and this is where I think... I think Martha gets a bad rap. I think what Mary Good did dream. was beautiful... And I think Mary in that, going down the stream, I think Mary knew the right path to take because Mary would have had the same social pressure. That's right. She just understood in that moment where the greater work was, which was to sit with Jesus, not because she's some super saint or super spiritual. She did what I think all of us do. So all of us miss the opportunities at times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's use the river illustration again. When you're going down the river, Jesus is the current, but he's also the boat He's also the captain and the or not the code, the, the, the tube. He's the tube. He's all the things that are supposed to keep us there, but it's not going to always be easy. Yeah. And in fact, our job is to pay attention okay. to those moments.
2: Can we do a like breakdown of the Trinity that's going to fall short? I because know. They, I'll, because can. they all begin to like, too. The God Holy the Father is the, the river. Mm-hmm. And even if you go the wrong way, you're still in the river. Like your salvation the is, still, right. and and is. The relationship. Right. But isn't that also the spirit, though? Because it's the spirit. power, it's the Listen, current. Wait. Okay, this is I'm thinking. Like, the, the river <laughs> is God, the Father. Jesus is the tube, the physical part, life, life saver. Save, right, savior, savior that keeps <laughs> yeah. you afloat. And the guide is the Holy Spirit.
1: Okay, what wait, okay, I'm going to... I feel okay, like the
2: Father gonna, is guide. Yes. Okay. And
3: Spirit is river. Okay.
1: And I think but the Spirit is also the guide on behalf of the Father. True. So maybe the Spirit is the loudspeaker of the Father. It's like he's the... This is okay. This is too much. But but, I actually like where you're going (laughs) with it because the point is, is that the river is life and really it's the current because God doesn't cause, God's not the obstacles and the rocks and the...
2: It's a result of creation. It's
1: the result of creation and the Holy Spirit, the whole point of tubing, as opposed to a lazy river, the whole point of tubing is that you don't have to strive. You don't have to work hard. You still have to work. But you're not paddling, you're not canoeing, you're going with the stream, you're going with the flow of what's naturally happening. And in the Christian life, when we are actually following Jesus, we go with the flow, but we still have those moments where we come to splits in the oh, river. Oh, yeah. We have those moments where, and I think, Jennifer, you said it during Sermon Readthrough, it might have been UK, I don't remember who, who. But just because the river is deeper doesn't mean it's safer. That's Right. I mean, sometimes the di- the deep stuff is where the real danger the risk, can be, and right. and here's the thing: God in His infinite wisdom is never going to put you in a deeper situation if He doesn't believe He can carry you through it. Right. And that doesn't mean safety, because people died. Jesus died like yeah. that. This whole idea that if I'm if I'm if I'm following Jesus, life is easier. Nothing ever goes wrong. No, we still live in a fallen and broken world, but God's not the one who's causing it. That's right. Yeah. God's not, he might, he might lead you through it because maybe there's more to it. This is where, okay, I'm going to go way off here.
0: Here we go.
3: Except for the times God does
1: cause it. Well, but this is my point. This is actually, okay. This is, you actually literally just cut me off. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> <Thank you.
3: laughs> it's just been something that the Lord's One, been no. working with me in my life and, and just how I spiritually coach and mentor other people. I got,
1: I got convicted by the Holy Spirit. This is when Lisa's mom died of cancer. Mm. Because I used to say, God would never give somebody cancer. Now, here's the deal. I don't believe, I believe in the goodness and sovereignty of God. And I don't believe God causes suffering for blind, blind sake of suffering. But who am I to say that God can or will not do something?
3: Yeah. What is? Amen.
1: What if someone getting cancer leads to them following, finding Jesus and falling in love with Jesus? Yes, or
3: sharing Jesus. Or
1: sharing Jesus. What if God uses that cancer, then certainly God could give it, and that doesn't make him any less good. Now, what I know about the character of God and the goodness of God is that God isn't going to do things simply for the sake of to prove he's God and you're not. Correct. That's capricious. That's mean. That's the Greek. That's the Greek gods. That's the Mesopotamian gods. That's, that's right. the. That's the Kadian. That's all the ancient gods of the ancient world. Right. No, our God is good. He is loving, but sometimes love hurts.
3: Mm. And Jesus, so Jesus died. Jesus and and he, he knew he
1: was going to die. He chose now, that. here's the thing: it wasn't divine child abuse. That's one of the arguments right now. Is he died to satisfy the Father's wrath? Okay that's a that's a very oversimplification right. of a very deep problem or theological issue that we see but what if what if in those hardships that God sometimes says hey I actually want you to go to the shallow part of the river and I'm not going to cause all these things but I'm going to lead you there I
2: know what's happening over because there because you're
1: going to be tempted what happened the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness right. to yep. be tempted yep. and And the difference is, is that God will not lead you someplace that he doesn't believe that if you trust him, he will carry you through. He's not going to lead you someplace to fail.
2: Okay. Think about the times that you've overcome serious temptation. Yeah. Don't you feel like a rock star? Don't you just praise God in that moment and be like, yes, Jesus, this is why I believe I can do all things through you. Because yeah. if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't oh, it's have survived stumbled. this. Yeah,
1: and, and, that's, and that's the problem with the lazy river illustration is if you think following Jesus is like, oh, I just got to float around. And 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 this is what I've done. Man, oh, where's God? Where's God in yeah. the middle of this? Oh, this is so hard. God abandoned me. Yeah. Now, how did Jesus relate to it? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Jesus understands now. Jesus didn't feel like the Father forsaked him. He was actually quoting scripture to reveal his humanity in the fullness of fulfilling. But in that moment, it's the closest Christ ever came to feeling the absence of the Father's presence.
2: Yeah.
1: And and when we look at that, that tube, right? The whole point of that illustration is that if you're really tubing, the goal is you actually do get to rest. You get to play, you get to have fun, but it doesn't mean there's not work.
2: That's right, it's like an
3: active rest. It is. Even even if the life is trekking along and or the, the tubes trekking along and you're having fun and you're laughing, you still gotta play sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, you still like you can still get your you still get your
1: toe bit off by you a musky.
2: Yeah, you can't you can't be rude to your friends. You yeah, can't you like destroy be... your community because then it's not as fun anymore. And,
1: and the danger I think becomes is that when things are too easy, this is okay. So there's actually I think there's and I don't remember where I got this from, so I'm not going to state it as a fact. But if I remember correctly human beings actually need a level of stress to thrive.
2: Yes. There is so many studies right now that are talking about it. And that's why so many people procrastinate because they thrive in that stress of right before something's due.
0: And sometimes. I don't know that I thrive in that environment. (laughs) (laughs) That's not for you. I just (laughs) don't live in that environment. So I think
1: the lie of the enemy is the enemy sometimes wants you to believe that he's leading you into still waters and everything feels good and then all of a sudden yeah. you find yourself hung up on the rocks.
2: That's right.
1: Because he he's tricked you into thinking this is the right way. There's a way that seems right to man and in the end leads to death, right? Yeah. And I I think back and it's been years since I've tubed and I actually I've been wanting to do a tubing trip with a bunch of friends cuz I enjoy tubing. But there's that, when the water's really low, tubing is not fun. Like there ha- I want it, but I also don't want it so deep that I'm run going through rapids, like right. that's not fun either. There's like a perfect level yes. in which you want, but it never stays that way because life isn't that way. And that's yeah. why I think faith is a dynamic faith, recognizes sometimes the water's lower, sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's slower. Our job is to hang onto the tube,
2: yeah,
1: to pay attention to what the Father's doing, yeah. to where the Spirit wants us to lead. Because what if in that moment, okay, so let's let's go back to the Mary and Martha illust- story. What Martha's distraction was all the things that culture told her she was supposed to be all the things she believed they are not, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're good things. They just weren't the right thing right. in that moment. In another situation, they would be good and right. And I wonder how often we confuse and assume that because something is good, it's the right mm-hmm. thing. Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. We talk about this all the time. Striving. Just because it's good doesn't mean it's the best.
1: Yeah. That's right. And, and God doesn't want just good for you. He wants the best for you. And but best does not always mean that you're going to have lots of money. You're going yeah, to have a right. bigger car. It doesn't
2: always mean what I think of as best. Lottery and, winners.
1: Yes. And How many lottery winners God swear God that if broke. they win the lottery, yeah. their life's going to be better and they end up bankrupt, yes. divorced, their kids Do you hate them? here's
2: another cool fact about the lottery yes. if you took two football fields and put stacked them next to each other oh, yeah. and threw a piece of hay out into that and then threw a needle blindly out into the football field. The odds of that needle hitting that piece of hay is your odds of winning the lottery.
1: That's why I threw lots of needles. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. You Not just bad. have to throw more needles. That's all. That's all. Uh-huh.
3: Pastor Jason, everyone.
1: <laughs>
3: we have a good place at our church. Um. <laughs> For real.
1: Hurt's hangups,
3: and habits, and habits. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So
1: uh, let's 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 switch gears here for a little bit because this is there is spiritual warfare here. Yeah. But I think honestly, most of the fighting, I'm my own worst enemy in this situation. I don't think the enemy has to over yeah. try really hard no. to get me distracted. I'm really good at distraction all by myself. I'm really good, and <laughs> where I'm going down the river, and I go, no, Lord, I don't want to go this yeah. way. And so I this literally, looks
0: better. I'll
1: actually like let's say, okay, so let's say there's left and right. I go left, and I go no, 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 no. I wanted to go right, so, <laughs> so I paddle against the Lord, <laughs> yeah. and now who I'm resisting is God. Yes. right, and you're gonna lose. Where God's like, Jason. Okay, I'm. This true story. I'm just gonna lay it out here right now because we're far enough away from it. A couple years ago, three years ago, I had a few opportunities to pastoral opportunities at other churches, and again, seven in me FOMO. who that looks big, brighter, shinier, right? Mm. And I, I looked at it and, and that people, I, I got called, I got pursued. Like, hey, you no, know, you're the right guy for this. I told Lisa and Lisa's like, no, we're not doing that. I'm like, no, no, no. But that's, but look at this church. Look at this it's, it's sparkly. this. it's sparkly. It's sparkly. It's like, you know, I'm like a fish and you, I see shiny things. Right. And Lisa said, can we just drop it? Now, here's the thing. I dropped it a little bit <laughs> and I still entertained it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I look at and okay, and I'm gonna fast forward. Things kind of went sideways, got weird here for a little bit, right? We people are somewhat aware of that. We don't need to go into details. But what had, where would we be? Where would I be right now? Where would Zion be? Had I pushed and resisted and resisted to the point that I missed the opportunity that because it got hard. It got hard here for a little bit, Uh and I'll be honest. There were times in there, and this I'm sharing this. Me and our our podcast listeners, I'm I'm sharing more than I think I've ever shared in a public setting. There were times in here where I was like, God, I must have chosen the wrong river. Like, what? Where are you? Yeah. And I can look back now and go, Oh, that's where you were. Sometimes you don't realize where God is carrying you through it. That even God, sometimes He led me to places that were shallower, where there was rougher, where. There was more work. Things
3: got a bit
2: sketchy for
3: things a while. He's got a little
1: bit sketchy, but I still had to trust him, and I didn't do it well. I didn't do it perfectly.
2: That's one of my favorite things that you said in your message, and this is pre-recorded, so I'm speaking this over you. That <laughs> <laughs> you said um, about what an act of bravery it is to trust God with work unfinished yet unfinished. Work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like.
1: And, uh, and I didn't. The, the,
2: yes, please say that. That was really good.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and so here's the thing: is that I, I modified that from something that I read in I think it was Shelley Miller's book. Mm-hmm. Um, might have been, might have been Aaron Nyquist's. But Sabbath is brave. Yeah. It is so brave to trust God, especially when things are undone and not finished, or don't feel safe. And, uh, okay, so let's let's go back a little bit. Let's go back thousands of years. In a agrarian culture where people are farmers, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. Mm-hmm. So when you took a Sabbath off, you didn't tend to your field. You risked that field being taken over by wild animals. So mm-hmm. they would collect, ritually, they would collect all their food, all their stuffs on Friday night because Sabbath was on Saturday. Yeah. But you couldn't protect the field. You couldn't work the field. So you had to trust that God would care for that field while you yeah. were gone. But
2: think about even like the Jewish culture today in Jerusalem of them going around with their horns and everybody going out Friday night and getting their groceries and stuff, yeah. and or Friday afternoon. Yeah, I mean that still happens where they do that prep.
0: Okay,
1: so uh, another book I was reading, the guy shared a story of he was he was in New York, and it's called New Yorkitis. Mm. and it's that's a guy some psychologist diagnosed this term in 1908 or something like that where there's a certain mentality in new york of always having to do and more and more and more right mm. and he said so this guy comes up to him and he looks at him and he goes hey are you jewish I'm like, that's a, such an odd thing to ask and he's like no why my mother needs to get my, my mother needs to get to uh um To synagogue, but I can't press this elevator button because I'm Jewish. And if you're Jewish, I can't ask you to do it. Can you press this elevator button? Because they had made it so ritualistic, so legalistic that to press an elevator button was work. So you had to have somebody else press it. Um, they actually in hotels in in certain parts of uh Hasidic neighborhoods, all the buttons are pressed so you can just walk into an elevator and it will go to your floor so you don't. So a Jew doesn't have to break the Sabbath. Yeah. And he goes and and he gets there and here's this mom all dolled up and she's you know older and ready to go to synagogue but she can't go because it's work to press the button. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that's not restful. Yeah. That's just a different I,
3: kind of stress. Well, and yeah. also I think about
1: yeah. yeah
3: any little act that we do we can offer as a as a worship to God. Yeah. It's it's pretty great that you can ride an elevator and not walk 10 floors of stairs. Yeah. Amen. It's pretty great that a woman- But you also weren't a...
1: allowed to walk 10 floors of stairs. No, no, that's just, the crazy no, part.
3: You can press that button and praise God for that button. Yeah, like That's what's so crazy about some of those rules is that we-
2: You miss the heart. You,
3: yes. Well, that's what Jesus,
1: Jesus said. He, the challenge was, is man made for the Sabbath or Sabbath right. made for the man? Right. And, then, and the whole point of rest, and when Jesus comes and says, take my yoke upon you, He starts off by first, there's a whole bunch of uh, parts that take place in there. He gives this warning to a city who doesn't believe. Um, there's, There's debates about stuff. And Jesus says, God revealed this stuff to the children.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Because children don't strive.
2: That's right.
1: That's that's the beauty of kids. Even in that they culture. They
2: flourish. They grow.
1: They, that's just, and, and that's the thing. Naturally,
2: children, they don't even think about it.
1: They don't think children are just children. It's not until the worries of the world. That's right. Now, for them, that became at 12, 13 years old because that's when you became a man. But up until that point, or a woman, up until that point, you just, you you were dependent upon everybody. And Jesus says, The father revealed this to the children. And then he goes on and says, no one knows the father except for the son and no one knows the son except for the father unless the son reveals him. And then he goes on and says, now take my yoke upon you for my burden is easy and my load is light.
2: Do you want to hear something really cool that I learned last year when I was studying for a message that I was giving in kids church and we were talking about Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate, forgiving in one another, just as in Christ forgave you. And that word "be kind" is the same word that Jesus uses in that text of "for my yoke is easy," mm-hmm. and "be kind" is that same word, and it's to be of good use, it's to be gentle. serviceable. That's it's right. gentle, loving. Isn't that crazy?
1: Okay, that- so another another fun fact. Okay, so the text when it says "do not be unevenly yoked," yeah, I was always taught that the reason why you're not supposed to be une- unevenly yoked is because they'll drag you down. There's actually a more nuanced understanding of that text, which is: if you're a believer in Christ, you're the stronger individual, and you will cause harm to the non-believer mm. because they can't keep up with you. Yeah. So you'll drag them along.
2: Sometimes so I to, feel like that. <laughs> so to
1: not be unevenly yoked is actually for their benefit, benefit. Not, yeah, not for yours. For yours. Yeah. Not because Isn't you're that so... so
2: much more like Jesus's heart, anyway. Though? Yeah. Not that not like...
1: because you're so weak and timid and incapable of doing things that that any temptation will drag you down. No. You're, you're forced s-
2: to be reckoned with, That's young lady. Right. Be and careful so when with you, those people. When you
1: yoke yourself to a non-believer uh-huh. in marriage or in business, mm-hmm. you're going to all of a sudden... Now, think about this. So originally, it was written from a business perspective. This ta- this text isn't about marriage. Now, imagine I, I yoke myself to someone in business, right? I love Jesus. Hey, uh, we're going to give 30% away to the poor. Um, we're not yeah, doing that. They're going to no. think you're
2: crazy. They're gonna, not only they going to
1: think I'm nuts... You're, they can't handle it
2: yeah
1: yeah they can't handle in their mind i've lost my mind no no i that's i'm actually way stronger because i'm stronger in christ well that's the same mentality is that the yoke of christ this is the divine irony of the gospel of jesus yeah. is that his yoke is so easy i become stronger because i'm not burdened i don't become yes, so weighed yes. down yes. that i actually gain strength and momentum because i'm not wasting my energy on foolish things.
2: I mean, it just doesn't make sense that Jesus flips all of our, it, it keeps going deeper and deeper. Yeah. Like just because it's yeah. simple doesn't mean it's shallow. You know, we keep saying that. Yeah.
1: And that's, so as we look at this, okay, so uh, let's end, let's end here. Yeah. When we look at how we resist striving, it's human striving we're resisting Yeah. because we should strive to be like Jesus. It should be our end goal, our pursuit to be like Jesus. But, What it means to be like Jesus. Jesus didn't have to work at his perfection, but he did work at his obedience. (laughs) Hebrew says that he was obedient to the point of death, Mm -hmm. thus showing his divinity. Like, So Jesus still had to obey, but he didn't have to work at his perfection. He was already perfect. The problem is we're not perfect. Yeah. So we have to work not only in our perfection, but in our obedience. But this is where the beauty of rest comes in. Jesus already made me perfect. Yeah. So I don't have to do that work. So now the only thing that's the Mm -hmm. gift. The only thing I have to focus on is the obedience. So that when the Lord says, hey, go left, don't forget at that turn, get off here. And but instead, when I start focusing on my perfection, am I am I am I doing this uh, tubing thing perfectly? Am I sitting? I need Mm -hmm. to sit in the perfect position, right? Yeah. Now I'm I've lost the joy. And it's no wonder that we meet so many Christians who have no joy in Christ. I can say in the moments of my life where I've lacked joy, it's because I was focusing on my perfection, not my obedience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Trying Good. to trying to trying to do more, trying to be more, and it's uh, it's like you don't have to strive like oh. that. Being yeah.
2: more is such a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even like you had said something in the sermon read through about. Um, being less. less yeah, and mm. that really resonated Satan with Satan tells
1: you to do more so you become less.
2: Yes and it's like this idea of a false humility where you think less of yourself yeah. instead of thinking about yourself less yeah. and you start to get self-deprecating and it's easy to get trapped as a new Christian of like man I am the worst. Man I'm awful. I need to do more. I need to do-do yeah. my way out of this do-do that I am. <laughs> right? <laughs> Toilet humor. Yeah.
0: My- <laughs> It's the best kind of humor. Thank I'm you told. It.
3: That's my husband. <laughs> it's the best kind. Jason's done. Sorry.
0: Yeah. It's just like, there's, there's so much, um, there's so much striving to try to work your way out of the problems that you have. And it's so easy to just be like, I can't take a break. I have to fix this because yeah. it's not done or it's not finished or it's not Right. And it's just like kingdom
2: hasn't come yet. Yeah, Why yeah. am I stopping?
0: So yeah, well, yeah. So much I think we you know, we talked about the like the cycle of working and resting and
1: the rhythm. The rhythm. The
0: rhythm of it. And it's just like the unforced rhythm of grace. Yeah. yeah. If you if you try to work and work and work and work and work and you just work yourself to death or you strive for something that's not God and having your work come out of your rest and is so, really important.
1: If we look at our life as an album, okay, everybody's got a span. And, you know, it used to be before, uh, before MP3 and before Napster and then Spotify and all this. Wow, those, taking us back. I know, way back. You had, and before CDs, you had records, and a record could only hold so much music. Mm-hmm. That's why songs got limited to three to four minutes so you could fit pop songs on them. If every song had the same rhythm, if it had to be 4-4, four, four, every song had to be 4-4, four, four, your life would be boring. Yeah. And the thing is, none of us, all of us have a finite lifespan here. Now in eternity, we're going to have etern- an eternal life. Um, God wants to stretch us, but sometimes, and okay, so I play drums a little bit, a, a little bit. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I can hold a good beat until you to, until you ask me to play a 3-4. For some reason... I can play 6-8, which is just 3-4 twice as fast. (laughs) But I can't play a 3-4 because there's too much space. Mm. I want to fill in the space with busyness. I want to do more. But I can play a 6-8 because it's got a little bit more. Okay, so here's my point. Stay Stay with me. I promise I'm going somewhere. When that unforced rhythm of grace that Eugene Peterson used in the message, that that's our job is to move into the unforced I don't have to strive to find rhythm. I just have to trust that God is directing the right rhythms in my life. Amen. Wow. And so instead of having to, well, this has got to be 4-4. Four, four. This has got to be 3-4. I got to listen to the current that God is doing, the rhythm, what God is doing. And then trust, okay, I don't have to fill the space. And it's going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. There are sometimes rhythm. This is the hard part about playing music for those who are musical. Some rhythms feel uncomfortable. They don't Ooh. feel natural. Five eighths. Five eighths. is not a natural. It's a weird rhythm.
0: Seven eighths is my favorite.
1: So, so, but I, yeah. So you get into those, and now all of a sudden, this is where jazz, and this is where I think I think jazz is such a beautiful metaphor for faith and Christ. Jazz is where you can get a mixture of rhythms and they meld together and form something beautiful and unexpected. Isn't that what grace is? Is when God takes the things you never expected and makes them beautiful. Mm-hmm. When God takes moments in your life that you thought were tragedy and He turns them into beauty. Amen. Those moments when you thought, no, oh, this is the pinnacle of success, and now you realize, no, it was a low note in your life. Right. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, your life has music to it. Yeah. So we went from rivers to jazz. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I did my jazz voice. <laughs> <Good job. laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, this was this was a good one. Uh, I'm going to end from with a quote from Eugene Peterson. Discipleship is long obedience in the same direction. Mm. Such a great quote.
3: That's a good quote. It's
1: long obedience in the same direction. You um, have a God who doesn't shift and change. He's not like the stars in the sky. He is ever constant. And trust him. He is good. And when he asks things of us, even when they're uncomfortable, they're always for his good and for ours. And our job is to not get distracted like Mary Martha. Our job is to not buy into the ways of the world and trust in obedience that God is doing. Amen. This is Breakthrough Breakdown. I'm Jason. Jennifer. I'm Kate.
0: And I'm John.
2: I love you, Bob Goff. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to The Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion Clear Lake app. Share this podcast with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of The Breakthrough Breakdown.